0: Welcome to Dr. Cheryl's Pod Couch, where we talk about all things parenting and mental health. When you are done listening to this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. Today, I am very happy to have on Elizabeth Pearson, who is the author of Career Confinement, How to Free Yourself, Find Your Guides, and Seize the Fire of Inspired Work. She teaches practical steps to shift mindset, unshackle people from their limiting beliefs and help people seize the fire of inspired work. I cannot wait to help everyone understand what that means. I am yes. really inspired myself. I want to say welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Cheryl. Yes, I'm excited to dig in and I cuz I feel like so much of this I think a lot of times there can be a blurry line between like coaching and then therapy, maybe not so good that it's blurred. But I do feel like there are some things in this book and some things that I deal with clients on that I would love to get your insight on as well.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I am really excited. We didn't say that or I didn't say that in the beginning that you are a coach, but that's part of your story. So that's kind of why I didn't feel I needed to. For those of you who are listening who might not have read this book yet, Career Confinement, it is not your typical business, career, find your new path kind of book. Um, and that's what I love about it. So in chapter one, you tell your story of how you got out of your cage. Yeah. I want you to talk to us about all of that. What is the cage? What is your story? And what, how did you get to this point of writing this book and sharing the story?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I love what you said in the beginning too. It's not your typical. Um, there are some F-bombs that are in there. Oh, There's yeah. also a lot of like witchy woo woo stuff. I don't think that managing our career is solely LinkedIn and you know networking and hustling. There's a lot more that goes into it. There's a whole nother dimension of spirit and energy that plays a big part. So that's what the book kind of marries is like this very tactical business uh, acumen of like, what do you need to tactically do? And then the other side is this spirit led, right? It's being in soul alignment. And you know what? It was so interesting. Nobody really understood like when I was pitching this book, they were like, well, you have to pick a lane. And I'm like, but the lanes <laughs> merge. And so that's kind of why the book needed to be, I think, published and brought to life. And a lot of it did come from my personal story. I did everything I was supposed to do. I went to a good college. Uh, I got good grades. I got the job. I married the guy. I had the two beautiful daughters. I had a beautiful home in Chicago, and I was in corporate sales for rather large companies like Coca-Cola. And I was on a plane roughly every two weeks. And then after I had my babies, I mean, I think, you know, as a mother, right, stuff changes. It's like you really start to kind of question things like, is this worth the sacrifice of being away from my child? And do I actually even like traveling? Or am I just getting high off of having status and, you know, feeling a little elitist and thinking, well, I must be really important if they're paying to fly me all over the place. Well, you know, that was really feeding my ego. It wasn't feeding my soul. My soul was really heartbroken that I had to leave my children, that I was missing out on family things. And that at the end of the day, I was alone in a hotel room with room service, which also really fed my bulimic eating disorder that I had for 15 years. The isolation just really was making that spin out of control. So I really had this kind of dark night of the soul moment where I Just really started questioning everything. Is this it? Is this my life? And not that it was bad. I think women wait sometimes until it's like really bad, but you can just sit right now and say, you know what? This isn't up to the standards that my soul has for me or my younger self wanted something so big. And right now this doesn't feel like I'm living a big life. So I just kind of got at that point and I have a wonderfully supportive partner, which is a huge piece of it, but we manifested a move from Chicago to Southern California. Now I look at the ocean as we're doing this podcast here. Um, I walked away from my corporate sales job and I started my own business and people had said, Oh, you should be a coach. And I like rolled my eyes. I was like, Ugh. like the word just, I just really didn't like it. Cause I felt like, you know, there's no credibility to it. People aren't actually vetting coaches. I could just wake up and poof I'm a coach. Like I, and if you've spent your career clawing, And putting a lot of emphasis on what your job title was to kind of just walk away from that and just become like a, an executive coach felt like a huge backstep. I thought nobody was going to be able to take me seriously. Yada, yada, yada. Five years later, I have this book, I have this life and it's not always perfect, but it is night and day compared to how I felt in my old life.
0: Yeah. You know what is really interesting? One of the things that I really got Really in, by page 16, I wrote notes in this book, I highlighted, I wrote, I literally wrote, I Love am it. trapped in my own cage. And then here's what's so interesting about my, how I'm resonating with this book is so for someone listening, there are some people going to be listening and feel like, yes, I can relate just right off the bat. Yeah. And then there might be other people in my situation. I don't work for somebody. I do work for myself. I do run my own schedule. I am an entrepreneur and I sort of, you know, say I do what I want. Like I do what I want to do and I don't usually do unless I want to love, unless I think I'm going to love what I'm going to do, I'm not going to do it. I do have all those freedoms. And still by page 16, I said, I am trapped in my own cage and my own cage right now in this stage of my career is I do feel like my kids need me more than ever. Mm. and I had heard only from one person actually ever which happened to be my best friend, but I had heard that when I have a daughter who's a freshman in high school, and I had heard that, oh my gosh, they need you more in high school than they did even as a toddler, and it was it's like hard to believe that yeah, right, right. and all of a sudden, I'm in it, and I'm experiencing that, and I just said to myself like last night i I have to figure out a way to like cut my, cut what I'm doing in half over the next year and figure out a way. I think that you, some of the things you say in here are like, they're probably not exact words, but like work smarter, not harder. I don't want to stop working. I love what I do. I have to figure out how to do it smarter, how to scale bigger. So that way I am not, I mean, I, I just spend a lot of time, you know, like at night, my kids have been needing me the last couple of weeks. And, and then, so, but my night, my third shift is now cut into, because I don't have the third shift anymore. By the time I'm done with them, it's now 10, 10 30 at night. I can't start working then. Like I could have, when they were younger at 830, I could do the third shift. I call it my third right. shift. Mm-hmm. Right. So anyway, I just want to, I just wanted to say that, that I really realized, oh, I, at first thought I was not going to personally relate to this. Like I'm not in a cage. Oh, I in a cage. I'm in my own cage. Yeah, right. And so, um, anyway, that's the
1: thing is a lot of times these are self imposed. There are a lot of really very real external things, though, right? That can feel like bars, kind of like going up. So maybe it's okay. Now my kid just got into the school play, and now I have to do pickup and drop off for these practices three nights a week. Boom! There goes a bar you know, another bar could be, I have a really needy client right now. There's another bar. Another could be my, my spouse is traveling. Boom. There's another one, you know, like they do, they're sneaky. It's like when you gain weight, it creeps up. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. you don't totally notice in one, it slowly builds. And I think number one, um, having the pleasure of meeting your daughter, I think you're doing it. I mean, you brought her to this conference in California, brought her out to dinner with us. She was like one of the gals. It was amazing. So like you're figuring out how to work and actually bring her along for the ride. I was so inspired. You know, I came home and told my husband, I'm like, I really hope someday I can bring Delilah to something like that because I actually loved that she was there and present for all that. And I think also our our good friend, Eve Rodsky, who wrote Fair Play That was a game changer for me to really be able to unload some stuff because, you know, I think we're all in agreement. Like we can't just squeeze more time out of the day. Sometimes there is just very real demands on our time. The cage is very real. We need somebody to come in and start taking down those bars for us. And that has to be a support network, but we have to let them help.
0: Yes. I want to give context for anyone listening to that. So Elizabeth and I just met last month we were both in LA for the premiere of the movie fair play. And we had a dinner, a small dinner the night before with, I mean, truly a group, a small group of amazing women. It was awesome. ridiculous. Awesome. Um, it was awesome. And I did my, it was my daughter's fall break. And because exactly what you said, I'm like, I have to start if I'm going to keep traveling, I want to start traveling with intention. And when I can bring a kid, And I think they could be interested or it's the right kind of setting. I knew because this was an all women um, sort of empowerment event, I knew it would be okay to bring her. So I got to bring my 14 year old daughter who got to sit around at a table for like a three and a half hour dinner. And we talked about everything. We talked about careers. We talked about marriage. We talked about, you know, work life battles, all that kind of stuff. And everybody was themselves. That's what I cared about. I was like, oh, I hope nobody like, you know, feels they have to tone. No, she heard the f bomb flying. (laughs) She really did. (laughs) She did. And I just thought she she got to sit in on really pretty much a priceless opportunity. The next day was amazing too. But to just sit around with a bunch of women just talking freely about what they want to do with their careers and how they're going to take charge and that they're starting companies and businesses and pitches really was amazing. And not everybody has that. So going back to what you said. Right. Your tribe, my belief is your tribe takes different shapes and forms and there's different stages where where it comes in and comes out where we're new to each other. But I knew we were pretty instantly aligned. And I think that that took me a while to realize that people will come into your life for certain times and it could be a short amount of time and make a huge, great impact or it could wind up being a very long term. And it's all important.
1: Yeah, that's the divinity of it, right? So that's where we can tap into the spiritual side too, right? Like definitely it is very smart to network, to align yourself with people. But what I hear from clients and also just like readers and stuff is like, yeah, but what if I don't know those people? Like what if I don't have access? And for me, blessing the CEO of Mother Honestly was somebody that was a friend for, you know, just years, like virtually through Instagram And I had just kind of like supported her platform because I really believed in what she was doing. We were supposed to do a retreat together. That fell through. So she told me she was coming in town and she's in Nigeria. And I was like, okay. And I had all the excuses lined up. I was like, no, like, right. It's a long story. My husband got hurt. He's been in a wheelchair. And so I was like, well, I can't leave him with my girls, because we don't have family here. I was like, how can I come spend the night in L.A. and go to this dinner and this documentary the next day? So I actually told her I wasn't going to make it. And then I went on a walk that morning, which I think we need to create that gap for our mind. Right. And on this walk, my soul was like, what are you doing? She's amazing. Who knows where this could lead? Just figure it out and go. And I did Two hours later, I was in the car driving to L.A., and then had this wonderful dinner and met all of these incredible women. And then I'm going to New York next week to speak at her conference. Like, I think we need to create that gap for our soul to say, you know what? I'm giving you clues here. I'm sending you messengers. And the beauty of social media, you know, the good side of it is you can connect with people in Nigeria. Like you can connect with people anywhere and they feel like friends when you meet them. So I feel like, the universe is always creating these opportunities for us. It's really up to us to be able to identify them and then actually take action towards them.
0: I am curious. You do, you talk about that a lot in your book. You also talk about raising your vibe in the book. I really want you, I want you to get into the spiritual side. Keep going with this because I even I I do identify as feeling I'm a very spiritual person and there are times where I'm like I just don't I can't tap into it I don't know I can't tap into my gut whatever you want to call it your gut the divine whatever that is can you say more about that and how do you really start?
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, I think it very California woo-woo on you. I think it's so interesting. (laughs) Like, You see me and I look like I'm about to go to a like a professional meeting. I don't have dream catchers or anything hanging around my office. But at the same time, like I do have a tarot deck and I do tarot and I love an Oracle deck. I feel like that's a great entry point is an Oracle deck. And for people who don't know what that is, it's similar to like the imagery that you would see on a tarot card. But it's a way to be able to receive messages from what I've dubbed your spiritual board of advisors, right? So these are people in another realm. These can be ancestors. These can be the spirit you. So I believe we're only 25% physical beings, 75% non-physical. And I think that that non-physical piece of you, she's got all the answers. He's got all the answers. Like they're trying to guide you. And we just need to be able to decipher what is a message from them versus what is fear and our egoic mind, our rational primal brain trying to just keep us safe, right? So we've, we've kind of got these dueling thought patterns. So the Oracle deck is wonderful because you can. I always say, hold it in your hands. And I've got a link. Um, maybe we can link to in the show notes to an Oracle deck that I love. Okay. And I, I give to all of my clients before we start working together. I'm like, you have to have this piece. And you can hold the deck in your hands and set an intention. Say, you know, what is it that I'm supposed to understand right now? What are you trying to tell me? You instill that energy in it. I just hold it for like 10 seconds or something. And then I love to like frantically shuffle like really quickly. And then I look for these things called jumpers. So these are cards that will literally just kind of fall out. It's like if you had a deck of cards and you were, you know, shuffling it really quickly, some would inevitably kind of fly out, right? So look for jumpers. And then those are the cards that are meant for you. And then you look at them and one might say, you know, be resilient. Or one might be messages from beyond. And then they come with this little book and then you can read further. But it's so funny. I have a client who is up for a big promotion. She's also seven months pregnant and she's like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, why don't you ask the baby? (laughs) She's Like, I thought you were going to tell me I need to like negotiate harder. I'm like, we've already done all that. What does the baby want? Does the baby want you to do this? So we now have an angel sign for the baby, which is a red tailed hawk. So now anytime she sees that she knows it's the baby saying, Hey, I'm in here. All is good. Like do as is, you know, keep going in the path that you're on. But that night her and her husband, she's like, all right, I don't believe in Oracle decks, but we're going to do this. She's on the East Coast, so she's very suspect of anything like this. <laughs> she pulls out, Cheryl, she pulls out a card that is, like, literally, the picture is a mother with a baby in the womb, and it's like, I'm here and everything's okay. I shit you not. It was wow. incredible. So now she's, like, a total believer. And I think once you start, like, doing those things, like, get an angel sign assigned to, you know, your dead grandmas or something like that. Like but how do you say- get
0: an angel sign?
1: So you just come up with it. So this is a big piece of the book too. So for me, I have never had any angel signs my whole life. I got out here and randomly on a very low morning, right? Where I was like crying, losing my stuff. Kids in the back is one of these OF moments. Like, what am I doing? Um, Cause I just quit my job. I asked like, I need a sign. I need some sort of sign. And my brain just said orange buses. And I was like, okay, that's random, but whatever. And then I just started like seeing these school buses. And then my rational brain was like, no, that's not technically orange. And then later in the day, I, uh, you know, I had amended my request and I said, it needs to be like an orange VW bus, right? Because we've got a few of those out here in California. And then sure shit that day, I just at three o'clock, which I've never done, decided to go for a run around my neighborhood. And here comes this pristine, shiny orange VW bus with this guy in sunglasses and a mustache. And he slows down, rolls down the window, leans out, gives me a big smile, flashes the peace sign and drives on. And I just like lost it. I was like, okay, well, I can't, my brain could not dismiss that as a fluke. So for some of my clients, I forced them to come up with an angel sign. So one has been like a peacock, one was a glittery mushroom. That was a fun one. My little girls have them. I think your children should have them too. So Delilah's is a, um, a wiener dog. Vivi's is a husky. So now whenever they see them, they freak out. Like one day we were driving to school and Delilah saw We saw this guy. He had three wiener dogs in like puffer vests on a leash. And Delilah's in the car and she's like, oh my God, Mom. And I was like, oh, yeah, wiener dogs. That's your angel sign. She was no last night. I asked grandma to show me three before school this morning. If I was really talking to her. Whoa, I know, dude. So here's what I'm saying. We don't have to figure out life on our own. Like there are all of these entities. If you think your ancestors came down here and did all that they did to set you up to be here right now to play small, you're crazy. They're up there still trying their darndest to guide us. We just have to create that gap for those messages to come through.
0: So literally any, I mean, by the way, because you don't know where I stand on this. Well, most people don't know where I stand on spirituality and then they get to know me and they're like, huh, now that's interesting. I was, my godmother read tarot cards. Like that was her job really, and I was with her all the time. So I would sit in our apartment in New York city and people would come to her house and she would read tarot cards. And she would then, of course, say things to me at times. And it was great because however you want to look at it from the psychological perspective, my brain was imprinted at an early age. Like, you are here to do great things. You are going to speak to loud audiences. You are going to. um, She said, like, I see clapping hands all the time for you. Like, so I just literally acted as if that was my imprint. It was like, oh, I'm going to do great things and I'm going to be okay, And I'm going to, you know, and then I I act as if. Right And I, so I go to like a spiritual advisor, I would say I go to different ones, like once or twice a year and yes. And I get a ton from it. So even when people give me pushback, I say, you know what? Like, I don't even bother resisting. Right. I most recently saw Rebecca Rosen, who is amazing. And, um, that was really special. And I didn't even have a reading. It was a group situation, but it was just so beautiful and amazing to hear other people's but um, I, what I will say from that is she talks a lot about spirit. She talks a lot about raising your vibe. I still want to hear what you have to say about that. But what yes. what I what, one of the things that I do feel like is missing, I don't have a sign and the angel sign thing. So you're saying I could like I'm looking at the
1: plant behind you like it yeah. could be anything
0: random. I'm just yeah. going to be like green plant.
1: Well, it can't be too... Common that your rational brain is like, yeah, I see that all the time. Okay. Like one was like, what if it's like a red Mercedes? And I'm like, well, that you're going to see. Like I think that it, if a purple van, now that would be harder to see. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think it needs to be a little bit hard. Otherwise your rational brain is going to dismiss it. So it could be a green feather. It could be th- some, some basics just to get you started any white feathers, any loose change on the ground, that's always a sign that abundance is on your way, right? So always pick up the change, ladies and men. I mean, pennies, whatever it is, pick it up. Another one is repeating numbers. There's a wonderful website called willowsoul.com and we can link it here too. But if you see like 444, that means that your angels are near. 222 is expansion. 1111 is You know, really pay attention, be aware of your thoughts because they're creating your reality. So I think people are starting to embrace numbers. So you could always start there. But I think like while you're raising your vibe, it will come. So some things that you can do to raise your vibe is obviously meditate. I love to chant as well. Like if you can't get quiet enough to meditate, chanting is wonderful. There is a specific chant for abundance called, it's pronounced hara, but it's spelled H A R mantra girl is a wonderful youtube show that has like it's just the audio but you can do some chanting you can do some eft tapping which is wonderful some other things are like just sing in your car like really sing you know have a little dance party with your kids i mean yours are probably old enough that they might judge you mine are still small (laughs) enough they think it's really fun when mom dances with them it's like it's things like that those are like proven to actually raise your vibe and if you're really stuck I like to do something for somebody else. So if I like on mornings when I'm just really in a like low vibe, I'll actually go to Starbucks and buy a couple coffees and then go drop them off at my girlfriend's houses. And that immediately raises my vibe. It's a totally selfish act. So do something for others. I, I love
0: all of these suggestions, whether you are listening and you believe this or not, you're not following, just try it, see what happens. But raising your vibe, I'm going to tell you what my definition is. And I want you to, to tell me yours. So I think to raise your vibe means to change and shift the energy in you so that you are putting out and therefore then attracting in what it is that you want or need
1: at that moment. That's the yes. way I would put it. Yes. I, I tell clients, you got to let the cork rise. So it's like our natural frequency is nice and high, like a blank cork on the top of water throughout the day though, things can submerge it, right? Maybe your kid is sick. Uh, down goes the cork. Maybe you're on a deadline and you're not confident about what you're about to turn in. All of these things can pull you under. So at the end of the day, you might be totally like submerged. And then you drink a glass of wine and you watch Housewives and that might actually pull you lower to a lower vibe. Alcohol will always pull you to a lower vibe, which I know nobody wants to hear, but it's so true. So I think throughout the day, you have to create these little windows to like let the cork rise because at the top of the surface of water is where all the good stuff is that you want for your life. When the cork is submerged, it's at a lower vibration and it's attracting things that are like not great, right? That's why people say, like, oh, I, I never get a good parking spot at Costco, right? Okay, well, now you really never will. Like, n- nothing works out for me. There's always, it's Murphy's Law. You are casting a spell on yourself with your words. So you have to watch your words. Like words are very powerful. But yeah, so you called me things. on it. I you did when me. we first started.
0: You're right, and I, I will share what I said, which which is actually a pretty deep rooted belief for me. It, it's not a lie. I didn't say that lightly. I a deep rooted belief for me is that nothing has ever come easy for me, and that I persevere through the toughness. So it's not that I think, oh, I never get what I want. What I said to Elizabeth was, I said, oh. I swear, nothing is ever just easy for me. And she quickly corrected me and was like, uh-uh, you need to change that language. Right, right.
1: And, and- you, you could even say things haven't been in the past, but today it changes, yes. right? Because I used to be that person too. It, it can be so dumb with like parking spots. And my husband would always be like, oh, we're, we're going to find one. And it would be like at a Cubs game. It would be like something very hard. And I'd be like, I mean, but I've never had it. And he's like, today's the day sure as shit, dude, this guy finds parking spots. Like they just come to him and we'll even be leaving. And I'll be like, we need to leave early. And he's like, we don't because whoever's in that spot is holding it for us. And as soon as we pull up, they're going to leave. And it happens. He lives this. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, for stuff like that, he doesn't meditate though. Like it drives me nuts. He doesn't, he doesn't believe me. He's not like walking the walk that I do, but he's just, he assumes he's going to get upgraded on a flight. He assumes these things are going to happen. Whereas for me, it was very hard to get to that place because my rational brain through past experience has taught me that I don't get upgrades on flights, you know, until I started like really believing it. And I have caught a couple upgrades. So maybe Cheryl, things haven't come easy in the past, but now things do because you paid those dues because you're grateful for getting them even though they were hard.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I have, there's another big thing you talk about in the book. I'm going to combine them. So you talk about that. You don't have to choose between spirit or business and you talk about a soul GPS. What does that all mean?
1: Yeah. So I don't think you have to choose between spirit and business because I think if you want to have any success in business, it has to be soul aligned, right? If you're out of alignment with your soul, there will be some static in your vibration and you will always plateau. It will feel like you're driving a car with a parking brake on. You you mean literally, right? I want for people who don't know this stuff. These are not just terms. You mean literally they're static in your vibration. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's like, if you aren't really sure of something like we've all had this feeling at some point about something where we're like, yes, go. That feels really good. I want to do that. I'm excited by that. If you're working at a job that like maybe 80% of the time is a bummer, then you're not going to be able to attract something else. So first, you have to get right with where you are. So you have to be non-resistant to that somewhat crappy job right now. Look for things to love about it. Like I have clients who really didn't like their boss. I made them text me every day for a week, three things every morning that they appreciate about their boss. Their vibe changed towards their boss and therefore their boss either had to meet them at this new high vibe or fall away. So I think that we have to be accountable for everything, right? You have to be spiritually aligned to have career success. And then the other part, what was that? The second part you said? The soul GPS. Soul GPS, yes. So it's kind of like this analogy of there's a car who's driving through fog and we only need to, like the headlights will show us what we need to see to get to the end point. So once you get into alignment, if we're using this car analogy, right? We're in alignment with where we think we want to go. So maybe for you, it's, I want to have control over my time. I actually want to have time to feel energized for that third shift that my kids need me. I want to be able to speak in big crowds, but only once a month, but with enough financial security that that covers me the whole month, right? Maybe that's the big dream. So understand what the big dream is. A lot of people have no clue what their big dream is. Take some time, figure it out. Then you have to start taking action that will align you to get on that path. But where people get tripped up, is they want to figure out how they're going to get there every step of the way. In the book, I lovingly say F how. Like you don't have to understand the how. That's what the angels, that's what everybody else will start to align. You just have to turn on the car and start going through the fog. The headlights will get you as far as you need to go. And then you'll just keep moving forward. Before you know it, you'll be so close to that big dream. and You'll look back and you won't even recognize your old life.
0: I have a hard time with I have heard that many times, right? Like don't worry about the how. Yeah. And I do have a hard time letting go of that. Sometimes. I mean, I guess yeah. there's been times, where, but like it is hard. I just want to acknowledge for anyone who's like, "God, but that just sounds so
1: hard." Yeah. Right? But what's where the all- what's the alternative of trusting? The alternative of not trusting the universe is that we stay where we are and we grind it out and we try to figure it all out. Like there I don't think there's a lot of harm in trusting that something else bigger is meant for you. Especially if like when you were little, you saw it, like trust her. She saw it. She was like, yep, that's going to happen. So maybe we need to just check back in with that Cheryl, with the tarot card and or godmother. Like maybe we need to just be like, you know what? You've gotten me this far. And so I'm just going to, I think life is just one big trust fall over and over and over again with our kids with our jobs, with our relationships. So the sooner you can get comfortable with knowing it's a trust fall, you might actually enjoy the fall a little bit because you're always going to be caught.
0: Hmm. I love that. Oh, I don't want to stop talking to you. Okay, we're going to end with this final question. You talk about ignoring reality and I think it probably yes. goes in line with what you were saying. So tell me what you mean by that. How do we ignore reality? What does that mean?
1: Yeah, I think reality is really just this, BS term to try to keep us small and not dreaming. I think we need to realign with the younger part of us who love to daydream and thought we could do big, epic things. In order to do that, sometimes we have to ignore reality because otherwise we'll just get stopped in our tracks. We'll say, you know what? I can't do any of that because I got two kids and I'm a single mom and I'm paying alimony and all of this is just not going to work. And it's like, okay, let's just put that quote unquote reality off to the side. And let's go back over to this play side, which feels really fun, where we have the big dream and we get to do what we want all of the time. Like, I think the the term reality can keep you totally caged.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's the other side of reality, playfulness?
1: Yeah, I think it's what your spirit came here to do. Listen, I mean, we're medical miracles being here, right? You decided to manifest in this meat suit right at this time in this world, in the state you're in with the people you're in, and you're only going to get one shot at this, like with these people. I mean, don't get me into reincarnation. I think that happens all the time, but this day is never going to be the same again. Like Mm -hmm. we can't go back and have that dinner again. You know, Mm -hmm. it's done that all of that stuff is done. So why wouldn't we try to play on the side of wonderment versus this very black and white that just isn't realistic for me? Like I think that's when you're actually a failure. A lot of people say, I'm afraid of failing. You're already failing right now. If you're not playing in that wonder, if your job every day is kind of soul sucking, you're, you're, this is what failure looks like. Not that. So do you
0: not use the term like, well, in reality, blah, blah, blah. Hell no. No,
1: no. I do not say that. <laughs> now I'm going to watch it. And if I
0: say it, I'm going to totally think of you and be like, wait, 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 I need to autocorrect that. I can't even tell you. It's funny. I've been the only, the only time I've been distracted on this conversation is like, this book is more, it's about like, it's not fully about career confinement really. Right.
1: Right. It's like solo alignment in your career. I almost feel like. But we had I, to come up with that name. You know why? Because why? people will invest in themselves if they think it will help them make more money. So you almost have to like lure people in with career. And that's why people who work with me, it's always like, oh, career executive coach. Yes, that I will spend time on and money on. And then they get in and I'm like, (laughs) psych, this is actually a soul journey. Um, And then they come out with like, they make like so much more money and they're so much happier and they feel they feel more safe because they feel in control. And we're all just trying to know it's okay. And it's going to stay and be okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to say, like, you can create that reality for yourself. You don't have to rely on what other people are telling you.
0: Oh, I absolutely love that. I can relate to that, the, the title piece, because obviously I wrote Mommy Burnout. But then yes. the subtitle is how to reclaim your life and raise healthier children in the process. Right. That was my ulterior motive. Yes, but- you have to hook people in by thinking, oh, okay, I'm going to get something like very tangible out of this. And I'm like, oh, but in the back door, I'm really talking about like yes. all these different elements of your marriage or your relationships and yourself and yeah. your own career. So I do, right. I do understand that. But really, this is, this is a book where when I read it, I was like, oh, this is much more than career stuff.
1: I know. This the publisher, I had, to, I had to fight to even put, you know, find your guides. That is a spiritual knot, right to the spiritual board of advisors. Yes. But even that they were like, eh, like, you know, and I think at some point, the I think the book will find you if it's meant for you. I think we found each other. I think the universe puts people together. I think listening to the show, this is a messenger, like coming to you. You just have to see it as that messenger.
0: Absolutely. Well, the book again is career confinement, how to free yourself Find Your Guides and Seize the Fire of Inspired Work. I can't recommend it enough, regardless of wherever you think you are in your career. It's really sort of a life guidance book. And if you don't know how you feel about talking about spirits and vibes and energy, this is a very accessible intro to it, right? Yes. So it's not it's not super woo-woo. I read all sorts of,
1: this is not
0: super California yeah. woo-woo. Um, this is like an inch. Inter- it's like a one hundred and one like, Oh, dip a toe in.
1: Yeah. It's Isn't like it the cliff to? notes. Like yes. I have read so much Eckhart Tolle and Michael Singer. And honestly, yes. I had to read it two or three times to really comprehend it. And I wanted women to have a cliff notes of all of these spiritual guides. So that's what the guiding lights are in there.
0: Yes. And that is so true. Cause when Oprah had that whole thing and she brought it out, I tried and I was like, Oh no, no, no. You right. lost I couldn't get through it. So it is like a cliff notes. It is like a great guide. It's also like a super funny friend. I absolutely love it. And the greatest thing is
1: for more information and resources, you have an app called I do coaching EP coaching. And you can see all of that on Elizabeth And then Instagram is at Pearson.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for
1: coming on. I so appreciate you and I wish you all the best with this book. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you to the listeners for taking the time to explore this with us.
0: Absolutely. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe.